Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Govs on the Go Alumni Edition, a podcast featuring alumni from the College of Arts and Letters here in Austin P. State University. My name is Dr. Buzz Hoon. I'm the dean of the college. I'm also the host of the podcast. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Joe Pitts, who graduated from Austin P. back in 1980. Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dean Hoon. It's good to be with you. Wow, it's uh, we're we're gonna talk a lot about uh, what you're currently doing, but so let's give everybody a life update. Tell everybody what you are doing and where you are. Well, I have the great pleasure of serving as mayor of the city of Clarksville. Have been in office since January of 2019. Um, you know, Abraham Lincoln said you can fool some of the people some of the time, so I was able to fool enough people to vote for me. <laughs> <laughs> in 2018 and then re-elected in 2022. But, um, you know, every day I feel like a tourist, you know, I'm just kind of looking around and this is City Hall. And I get to work with 1,400 of the best people in the world, the city employees. That is awesome. And I, I and I know that uh, Clarksville just continues to grow and and great things are happening. And, and certainly we can talk about uh, what your plans are for the future. But let's let's go back in time. I always like to start at the beginning because I think it's important to find out what shaped the person um, that I'm talking with. So you were born and raised in Clarksville. Yes. And yes. so um, tell me what, it, you know, how did being from Clarksville impact you? What kind of things did you do as a young boy? Well, um, I was born in New Providence, um, not physically in New Providence, but I'm born and raised in New Providence um, off Peters Mill Road. Um, and way back in 1958. So if you're doing the math, you know, I'm 65, um, attended public school, Burns Darden Elementary School, New Providence. It's now middle school, but it was junior high school back in the day and then Northwest High School. Uh, I was the first in my immediate family to go to college. Um, my parents, my father dropped out of school in the eighth grade because his father had a stroke and he was one of seven children and they sort of had to fend for themselves. So he dropped out of the eighth grade. So he and my mother both were very uh, high on me getting as much education as I wanted and supporting me in that. Um, so Austin P was, was the only choice for me um, because it was right here and offered what, what we wanted to study. So you mentioned that, um, that in your younger part of your life, you had lots of people that were very supportive of you, including some teachers and uh, within and, and and talk about the importance of that, because I think sometimes uh, we don't recognize that uh, an encouraging word or supportive um, pat on the back can really make a difference to a young person. Yeah. You know, when you're going through school, you spend most of your time, most of your days with teachers in school. So obviously they have a great influence on you and they're just any number from first grade through 12. Cause when I was in school in elementary school, kindergarten was not required. In fact, it wasn't offered. Uh, so I started school in first grade. Um, but yeah, I had a number of teachers that were just great influences and still are some of them. I see at retired teacher association luncheons and, um, but you know, wow. the list is long. The list is long of teachers, you know, everybody from Ann Long, bless her heart, she passed last year to, you know, to, I think about Coach Frank Moss at New Providence, um, football coach, as he was a social studies teacher, Don Shelton, 
Um, Marianne Marks was my geometry teacher. She was very patient because I failed geometry. Uh, just couldn't get it. I'm an algebra guy, just couldn't get geometry. Um, and then Terry Martin in English and Hibernia Williams in English, Don Shelton. I mean, buzz the list. I mean, I could spend the hour just calling names. Brenda Geralds, who was a PE teacher at New Providence. She was very kind and gracious and patient, still is uh, with me. Um, so, yeah, it, Juanita Covington in biology. Esau Latham was a football coach. Uh, John Aldridge, who used to be a city council member as well. He was the shop shop teacher at Northwest. Um, Marshall Ross, believe it or not, that's a name that may be familiar in the community. He's been generous to Austin P. in the Ag Department. Uh, he was a driver's ed teacher back in the day when they had driver's ed in school. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I could I could just go on and on about my teachers. Well, the fact that you can recall all those names is, first of all, amazing to me. But it also shows that you are definitely a people person, that you are somebody that knows the importance of getting to know and um, individuals. And uh, we're going to talk about that. But did, did you have a sense early on that you had uh, this ability to befriend and, and to, and, you know, just have that you were going to be a people person? Well, I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm an introvert. Uh, it takes... Everything I've got to screw up the courage, put on my game face and go out into the public. I mean, it, it is an effort. Mm -hmm. I'm just a natural in, introvert. I can be by myself and just just enjoy it. I don't have to be around people to feed off, but I love being around people. But just by nature, I'm an introvert. So I'm not sure when um, I discovered I'm a people person, but I've always wanted to be the kind of person, and I tell groups this all the time, I want to be the person when I walk into a room, I say, there you are, not here I am, because I want it to be all about them. I want yes. to know what's going on with them. How can I help them? Not here I am, look at me, I'm the mayor or whatever I am. That is such a great switch to say it's about, yes, to, it's about the people. And that that's what I mean. And I meant that as a compliment. When you're a people person, I think it's about recognizing the importance of others and not so much about how can I influence others or make them, uh, you know, follow me because I think that, uh, leaders and I, and I definitely see that you're a leader. People do that because they know that you care about them. Well, yeah, I, I care about our people. You know, we've had a difficult week this week with our police department and, you know, I've reached out to those officers who, we're involved just to let them know, hey, we're thinking about you, whatever you need. I know that the city has a support system to take care of you, but I wanted you to know your mayor is thinking about you. And here's my cell number. If you need anything, you call me. So, yeah, it is all about them. It's, it has nothing to do with me. So while you were in high school, you mentioned to me that you uh, you took a job. I think it was in your senior year, and it was at the Clarksville Floor Covering. and um, and you had a family that that was really impactful on you. Can you tell us tell everybody about that story? Yeah, it was what a what a great experience, Buzz. When I was a senior in high school, I was looking for a part time after school job, um, and my uncle Bruce Davis, who used to be a block mason, built a lot of houses and buildings, and he and he and Mr. James Farley, the, the Farleys who own Clarksville Floor Covering. 
they were good friends. And so my uncle Bruce called Mr. Farley and said, Hey, if you're looking for a part-time employee to work in your warehouse or just labor, my nephew's looking for something. So I, he hired Mr. Farley hired me on the spot. I went in and he said, I need you to start tomorrow. So I, I came in the next day after school and worked six days a week, um, after school every day. And then all day on Saturday, um, and then worked with them the entire way through Austin P. Um, they worked around my class schedule, but I worked all day on Saturday. So I didn't get to go to a lot of football games that were held in the afternoon. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, they were a huge influence in my life. I got to learn uh, so much about business and people and just how to do business. With and what a work ethic. I mean, you mentioned the fact that they they taught you that uh, when it's slow, you got to be working hard, and when it's busy, you got to be working hard. Yeah, Mr. Farley, he was he was a wise, very wise man, and you know I'd go with him on different things, um, and I just asked him one day, hey, you know you're you're in your sixties uh, or later, um, why don't you take more time off? You know they love to go to the lake, and um, and he that's when he. Gave me that line that I'll never forget. You know, he said, Joe, when business is good, you can't afford to get away. And when business is slow, you can't get away. <laughs> um, and I, that always stuck with me. Yeah. Um, you know, and so he he was just a great, great influence in my life. And then I, I also want to ask you about uh, uh, the in your senior year, a letter to the editor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, in my house growing up, uh, you know, every night at supper, we would talk about current events, you know, not necessarily partisan politics, but what was just going on in the community, not just, well, what you do at school today? or um, And there was something that happened uh, at a city council meeting. I don't even remember, Buzz, honestly, what it was. Uh, and so I got the bright, not so bright idea to write a letter to the editor. Um and then it was published and my classmates saw it and I be, they began calling me mayor. And one of them gave me a T-shirt that had J.E.P., which is my initials, for mayor. And I have a picture of me and my very dear friend, Andy Richardson, who I grew up with. His mother, Hilda Richardson, was a, um, a, a teacher and principal. Um, but I have a picture of Andy and me with me wearing that T-shirt. And... I still have my high school yearbook where many of them signed, you know, wrote a letter to me as mayor. And so I don't know, I guess it was predestined for me to be here, but it took me, what, 40 years to get here. I'm sure. Have you been to a high school reunion since then? Or do you see these people around the community and they say, I told you so? Well, yeah, I see them, um, but they can't believe it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You're the mayor. I mean, is that the best we can do? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I see them, and you know, I've been out of school almost 50 years now. Um, but it's it's gratifying to serve my hometown where I am. I, I don't take any day for granted because I know it can be taken away from me at any moment. Absolutely. Um, and I'm trying not to get try not to be stupid about it. Well, we're going to move on, on next to your into your next chapter, which is in Austin P. So let's let's talk a little bit about some of the things you remember getting involved with, and some of the professors, maybe even some students. Oh yeah, Austin! What a wonderful experience. You know, being the first uh, person in my immediate family to go to college, I had nobody to talk to about what college was about. Um, 
So I can remember having to stand in line to get the class cards, you know, um, those computer cards. We had, yeah, once they ran out of cards, that class was full. And so you had to <laughs> scramble. And I tried to arrange my schedule, said all my classes in the morning because I needed to work in the afternoon uh, at Clarkson floor covering. Um, but, you know, I went in. That was back in the day when Austin P was on quarters and not semesters. So, you know, the fall quarter of my freshman year, you know, I, my first class Monday, Wednesday, Friday was biology at 8 a.m. And Dr. Eddie Chester was the was the professor. What a great guy. He made class fun. But there were like 150 students in the McCord building uh, at that time in this lecture hall. But he he just made it very interesting. And then the labs on Tuesday and Thursday. So that was my introduction to college. It was a tough class because he was a tough professor. Uh, but it but it was enjoyable because he had a great infectious laugh. I mean, he just, you know, the old, his belly shook like a bowl full of jelly. Um, he just, just had a great laugh and made it very engaging. Taught me a lot about identifying trees that I can still recall to this day on how to identify what type tree I'm looking at. Um, so yeah, Dr. Chester was, was my first, my first Monday morning class, my first class at Austin P, and then several other teachers and professors. You know, I can re still remember Vernon Warren, who taught political science. He had the best political cartoons that he would find, and he would show those in class, and they would always fit into the lesson. He was a great lecturer, um, a very tough, tough test giver. Um, I mean, you had to be prepared for his exams. And then Paul Hyatt with history. Um, Mr. Hyatt wore the same, or Dr. Hyatt wore the same gray suit every single day. Um, every single day. And, you know, he, he, he lived most of the history because he was, he was pretty old by the time I got there. So yeah, it, it, Austin P was a great experience for me. So you also mentioned that as a student, you took uh, the opportunity to hang out and, you know, like many other students do when I go outside of Harnett Hall here. And, uh, but the, the pit, the area looked a little different than it does now. Yeah, um, of course, the old student center was there. That white rock finished building was there. And um, and the, the space outside there, we we call it the bowl. And that's where students would hang out when the weather was good and sunny or warm outside. We just hang out in the bowl waiting, um, you know, at my age, you know, talking to girls as they walk by. And, um, you know, you just hung out there and then. Uh, the campus underwent, I think I was a sophomore, underwent sort of, or maybe been a junior, I forget. It's been so long, Buzz. Um, it went underwent some renovation, and they had to dig out the bowl because it's a natural depression and a sinkhole, and there's a drain at the bottom, or was. Um, and that was a muddy mess in the winter and spring quarters, and you couldn't hang out there because it was mud, nothing but mud. And the students were really upset. I mean, I, you know, that was our place. You know, we didn't want to hang out in the student center. We want to hang out outside. So, you know, it's funny what you remember. <laughs> and and uh, you're working your way through to get the social work degree. Um, and so uh, was the intent that you were, is that was going to be the profession? How did that kind of come about for you? Well, 
you know, I worked for the Farleys and got to see, I got to learn business from the inside out. Uh, but I wanted more of a human services perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a new professor at Austin P that they'd hired in 1975, I think, not 75, but 76. And his name was Glenn Carter. And he started a social work program. And Glenn, uh, he was a great influence in my life. You know, he was, um, he'd spent some time in the military and he had his master's degree in social work. And uh, he made classes very interesting, but I, I wanted to learn how to relate to people. I wanted to learn how about people and groups and interviewing skills and all of those things that I thought were important, no matter what profession you were in. So Glenn was a great influence. He and Dan Martin were professors and they started the program. And uh, so it just intrigued me. So that's why I applied and got into the, into the program. And I don't regret it a minute. It was, it was a great, great experience. And that's what I hope our, our students that are watching this understand about as you go through life and you're putting these tools in, into your tool belt, you're never sure how they're going to be applied in a career or if you're going to switch a career, go to a different career, how useful they will be. Um, you know, everything that you're picking up along the way, whether it's writing skills, um, critical thinking, problem solving, all these kind of things that you learn how to do will help you maybe in a, in another job as well. Yeah. Austin P a university setting is really great for giving you the tools and helping you to discover what your strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, I'll never forget Dan Martin, who was a uh, professor in the social work program uh, said, you know, when you graduate college, you're just trainable. You know, when you get out of high school, you're not even trainable. But when you get out of college, you're trainable because you've committed to a four-year at that time curriculum, you've com- completed it, and you've proven yourself as trainable for your career. And you don't have to use your degree in whatever it's in, accounting or social work or history, specifically for that purpose. So the social work program was really good for me because I just, it brought me out and it helped me. And I think to this day, I still use a lot of those skills in interviewing applicants for jobs and just talking to people and how to just get to know them. Um, so yeah, it was it was good for me. And students need to understand, you got a lot of tools, um, but it's up to you to kind of develop and know what, what those are. So as a young person, you graduated and you stayed within the state, but you left the Clarksville area. Yeah. Um, was it, it must've been a little bit of exciting, a little bit nerve wracking as well to, to leave the, the area and, and begin this new career. Yeah, that was one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to leave Clarksville, um, not for anything negative, but I wanted to experience other parts of the state. Um, So I got a job over in East Tennessee, uh, over just outside of Knoxville in the upper, in the Appalachian area uh, of Campbell, Anderson, Scott County area, um, and just got to know a bunch of just good folks, salt of the earth kind of people, mountain folks, which are a lot different from us people here in middle Tennessee or the flatlanders over in West Tennessee, um, mountain people are just, just, they can do anything. Um, and so I got to know a lot of them over there, um, and worked for an, an organization out of Oak Ridge that had satellites around and they had out, uh, outpatient rehab services for developmentally disabled adults and children. And my focus was on 
the adults. I got involved in Special Olympics as a student at Austin P, a volunteer, uh, and so carried that love for that for that sport and that organization in East Tennessee, and got involved over there. So, yeah, that that was my. I wanted to get away from home. I, I just needed to get away to kind of figure out who I was because. Here, I was always going to be the son of Joe and Alice Pitts, you know, and there was nothing wrong with that. Right. I just want to create my own identity. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's what I hope our students take from this is this personal growth uh, that will happen along the way. Um, and so, uh, you know, I- I'm sure at the time you're having that success and, and maybe thinking, OK, well, I'll, I'll stay here for the-, the rest of my adult life. But it's funny how things happen. Yeah, it is funny. I, you know, I've never been one that has a 10 or a 20 year plan. You know, I've always, you know, I've always looked at, okay, okay, Lord, what do you mean to do this mm-hmm. year? Um, and, you know, it's always kind of worked that way. You know, people say, well, what are you running for next? Are you going to run for another term? And I just say, look, I'm, I'm enjoying what I'm doing now. When it comes time to make a decision, I will make that decision, but I'm not using this as a stepping stone. That's not why, what I do. I didn't leave the legislature in 2018 um, thinking, okay, I'm going to run for mayor next. I didn't do that. It was, it was time to retire from the legislature. I'd been there 12 years. So I retired. And then it was shortly after that, that I got the go ahead to run for mayor. And here I am. So uh, let's talk a little bit about how you got into this transitional period where you got into politics. Who, who guided you? Who was helping you find your path that way? Well, um, as I mentioned, we were, uh, my family was always kept up on uh, current events. And, you know, one of the, one of the great influences my, in my father's life was, <clears throat> excuse me, President Franklin Roosevelt, FDR. In fact, I've got his bust on a table across from my desk here, uh, just as a reminder that he was, the only president to serve more than two two terms. Actually, he almost served four complete terms, died in office on April 12, 1945. But with polio and all the maladies that that he he had, he still traveled the country, um, brought us out of the Great Depression. Uh, So that was sort of a national influence on me. Um, Local influences, you know, I just got to know uh, mayors from Crozier to... um, uh, to Crow, I met Mayor Crow when I was just a kid, um, and then got to work for Mayor Trotter when he came back in office in 2002. Um, and then never thought, never, never dreamed that I'd be mayor. Um, but when the opportunity, when the door opens, uh, and that's a message for everybody and students, especially when. When a door opens and you're not sure, you're uncomfortable, sometimes you got to step through it just to see what's on the other side. That's amazing to me that you, you know, as you mentioned, you felt like you have this introverted personality, but you've always pushed yourself to, you know, a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, And um, I'm sure that was uh, not easy to do, um, to always, you know, expand uh in that in those areas but it's i'm sure it's been very gratifying oh very gratifying i just i still can't believe you know i get to do what i do every day um i cannot wait to get up every morning and get to work um and just see what what we can do to help folks because you know people just 
They just want to be listened to sometimes. You don't have to have the, the right answer or the best answer. I'm sure people always want to know, especially younger people that might be interested in politics. What are some of the biggest challenges or things that you found during your career? Well, I, I can get to visit with a lot of students. In fact, when I talk to student groups, you know, I encourage them to come see me. Let's let's spend some time and let me and I did just the other day with a student. Let's spend some time finding out about you and what your interests are. You know, the question I get asked a lot, is there a particular major I need to have in school to run for a political office? And I said, no. In fact, there's no there's no guidebook. Uh, you know, there's no uh, directory or plan you can follow. Um, I just say, find something that needs to be done and get passionate about it. Mm. Um, instead of find something you're passionate about and do it, because sometimes you're out there by yourself, but find something that needs to be done and really get passionate about it. Uh, and, you know, no matter what that is, um, but there are all, just all kinds of opportunities to serve. And really it's more about who knows you than who you know. Um, so find an organization and volunteer, serve on their board, because there's hundreds of nonprofit organizations in our community that are just starving for good people to serve. Uh, and that's the best way you get to know people and get to know your community. So you, you've um, had lots of different uh, positions along the way. And I always like to um, also find out what are some of the joys that you've had, uh, it, you know, that you you share with your family and you say, you know, I can't believe I've, I've been blessed to have this opportunity. Well, you know, when I served in the state legislature, I was elected the first time in 2006 uh, to serve in the Tennessee House of Representatives. That was Governor Bredesen, uh, his second term. He was reelected that same year. And his tradition was he would always invite the freshman legislators to his office to have lunch with him one day. And, you know, I was a kid from New Providence, you know, meeting a governor or, or anybody like that was just pretty darn intimidating. Mm -hmm. Even though he was an intimidating man, it's just, you know, it's the old imposter syndrome. You don't think you belong there. Right. Um, so there were eight of us that went to his conference room one day in the state capitol. And it's this ornate with the murals and the high ceilings and, the, you know, it's just beyond, beyond belief what it looks like. And so we go in and we're seated around the table and he comes in the room and of course, you stand up in deference to him, and he puts you immediately at ease. And at his on his back, at his back was a table that was covered by a white tablecloth, and that was going to be lunch. But he wanted to talk to us first, and we were he was talking and you know getting to know us, and we were getting to know him, and and then finally said, well, let's have lunch. And so he goes and he pulls the sheet off the off the table um, that was covering lunch, and it was bologna sandwiches. Um, so you know. I got to have bologna sandwiches with the governor. That is awesome. And I'll never forget because, you know, when you eat, we called it light bread or white bread. Uh, I call it light bread when I was growing up. You know, that that white bread gets stuck in the roof of your mouth, you know, <laughs> if it's fresh. <clears throat> and he was getting it stuck and I, he was jamming his finger up there. And I thought <laughs> he's just like us, you know, he's just like us, you know, multimillionaire governor guy, you know. So that was that was fun. That, that was fun. I still tell that story. And then, you know, just, you know, he, he was, he was a, my favorite governor was Governor McWhorter because I got to meet him, but not in any kind of personal setting. 
Um, but uh, it, I don't know. I'm just a kid from New Providence that's living a dream, Buzz. Just yeah. Uh, I I would be the same way. I would be uh, starstruck, and and also um, I think that the idea, the concept of uh, of you know where where you come from, um, and then where you are, it's uh, it, it's it's hard to conceptualize and put those two realities together sometimes. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, my my father passed five or six years ago, and then my mother's still, thankfully, in good health and living. And I have one sister that's older. And, you know, when I want to get into the political race, you know, they first questioned my sanity. Uh, and then once <laughs> I said, no, here's here's my vision. Here's what I want to do. And they were all in. I mean, they went door to door with me. And, yeah. you know, they called friends. And, you know, I've got a lot of extended family around. And, and again, I'm just blessed to to win those elections. And, um, so yeah, it's, it's more about discuss self-discovery is part of this process. You mentioned also that, um, while you've had the opportunity to meet lots of, uh, well, important people in government, you also have cherished opportunities to get to know the truck drivers, to get to know, uh, the teachers, to get to know, um, all types of people. Uh, and that's, that's a part of the job that I think that uh, when somebody gets into it, doesn't always think of as the rewarding experience part. Yeah. I mentioned at the top, uh, we have 1400 plus or minus employees that work for the city. And I try to get, I'm not there yet, but I try to get to know them on a first name basis. So when I see them, I can call them by name. Cause that, to me, that's important. Yeah. If somebody knows your name, then that means they're paying attention. But, you know, every morning when I get here, there's a young man called, his name is Matthew Edwards. He's out manicuring the grass, picking up uh, trash around City Hall, just taking very good care of um, the property and the site here. Um, you know, and then there's, again, I could go on and on, but, you know, it's Matthew does a great job with Willie Scott before him. And then our folks at Gas and Water who are out, you know, repairing water lines in the heat or, you know, and if I see a crew out and it's not dangerous to stop, I'll stop and just say thank you and talk to them and make sure they know that I'm paying attention. Um, one of our loss prevention officers, we call them loss prevention officers, but they're security guards around City Hall's name's Tim. He and I get here at the same time every morning and, you know, um, getting to know him and his birthday was a day before mine. And, you know, so I just, want to relate to people because when my time is up, I don't want them to have my name to be on any building. I just want them to say, you know, he really cared about us. Right. That's what I want. It's my legacy. And is it true you call all your employees on their birthday? Because that is an awesome thing to do. Well, yeah, I call them every, every, I have, I've got my phone list. In fact, I've got it right here. Um, you know, and there's eight people who were born on the 17th of August. So I'll call each one of them today. Um, when I first started doing it, um, some of them thought it was a recording, you know, you know, so they politely listened or some of them were pumped, thought they were getting pumped. Um, yeah, this is not the mayor, you know, uh, and then one, one employee, he was in his car, um, he and his family were in his car and 
so I called and of course you're in your car, you, you know, you got it on speaker. And, and so I told him who I was and calling to wish you a happy birthday and hope you're having a good day today. You know, did you do anything special? Um, and I heard this voice come and sound like from the back seat and it was from his mama. And she said, that's not the mayor. And I said, well, let me tell you, he ought to be buying your dinner and not you buying his dinner for his birthday, just to thank you for, for giving birth to him. Right. Um, so it, it's that kind of thing. You know, I don't do it for them to say thank you to me. I just want them to know how special they are. Well, um, I think it's great leadership. And I and I try to tell people about um Sometimes the uh, the people that are leaders and, and, you know, it looks like a glamorous um, way to live life, but it, it's a lot of hard work. I know that it is. And uh, if people really knew what it took to be in leadership, um, they may not want to strive for it, um, but it's necessary. And um, and we certainly are thankful that you're doing all the things and you have such care about uh, what you're doing in your job. Yeah, thank you. Um, leadership is hard now um, because you've got social media. You've got so many other uh, forces at work on you. Um, and it's just hard to communicate what the direction or vision you want to go just because there's there's no one outlet. When I was a kid, as I mentioned in the letter to the other letter to the editor and everybody saw it, um, there's no everybody read the newspaper back then. You could open a new business, put an ad in the paper. Everybody saw it and knew you were open. Now you can open a new business and nobody know it for a year because there's no one way to tell people. Right. Um, even social media is weird. I don't understand enough about it, but all those algorithms and everything they talk about, I don't understand it. Um, all I know is you can't put it on social media and expect everybody to see it because not everybody's on social media. So yeah, it's, um, it's tough being a leader, not just mayor, but it's tough being a leader of anything. And your role as dean, I know it's tough because you've got external customers and internal customers and you answer to, you know, to the presidents and to the provost and but most importantly to your students and faculty. That's right. So I know, I know it's tough. But it's what gets me out of bed in the morning just as you it go. does with you. you know, it, uh, oh. it has purpose. You know, they always say your best mayor is your next mayor. You know, uh, you get in, you know, after a while, you know, people, people think, well, there's got to be something better, you know? So anyway, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Well, we're glad and we're, we're proud to have you uh, as an uh, Austin P alum. Well, Austin P has been very good to me and I love going on campus. Uh, there's just something about that campus feel. Um, I've, romanticized it in my head. It's just, I love walking around campus. In fact, when I come to campus, I won't park near where I'm going to be. I'll try to park far away so I can walk through campus and just see what's new because the campus is, first of all, it's beautiful. I've never yes. seen campus look so good, uh, but there's always something new going on. Absolutely. We always like to end uh, Mayor Pitts with a, a question about what kind of recommendations you might have for students, what do, what would you recommend to a young person? Well, first of all, Austin P is the only school I would recommend, um, and I do so unashamedly, um, just because Thank of you the for that. impact it's had on my life. And Austin P has grown 
sufficiently that it offers just about any kind of academic offering experience you want. But I always tell students, immerse yourself in the university experience, you know, get involved in intramurals and fraternities or sororities. Uh, get to know your professors. They're some of the best people uh, that you'll ever meet. Mm. And you'll be like me one day. I'm 65 and I still talk about my Austin P professors and the, and the impact they made. None of them are still there uh, because they've all retired, obviously. But, uh, but just become part of the university community. Get to know people. Because um, it's not so much high school that's your greatest influence when you get old like me. It's where you went to school, college. And what you did while you were there, you know, I played water polo uh, at Austin P when the pool was an indoor pool at the time. Um, you know, I got involved in flag football and, you know, went to basketball games. And so, yeah, just become immersed in that experience because it's it's a life changer. Oh, that's awesome. I, and I, we are thankful that you you help promote Austin P in such a positive way. So thank you for that. Thank you for being on the podcast today. Well, thank you, Dean. I'm just it's an honor to be here with you. And and one day you'll have to tell me where you got your nickname. <laughs> I'll I'll share that story. I'm sure, okay, good. <laughs> sure we can we can talk about that next time we see each other. That'd be awesome. I'd look forward to it. And thanks to our viewers and listeners out there for checking out the podcast. We hope you will join us as we continue to uh, profile some of the outstanding alumni we have in the College of Arts and Letters here at Austin P. State University. So until next time, stay safe, take care, and God bless.